Welcome to Brothers King Talk, where we read stuff so you don't have to. My name is Samuel. And I'm JP. And today we are taking a look at the Wikipedia article for 1982's Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Now, just kidding, we're going to be talking about uh, this as a kind of an in-depth dive of what we think about the music, the lyrics, and how it holds up into today's realm. Uh, but before we can go into that, I'd like to give a iconic fun fact about 1982. Now, I don't know if this is iconic. It is iconic to me, primarily because I feel like, I don't know, I'm, I, I listen to a lot of music, and so this really revolutionized, uh, you know, the music industry. But Sony, on October 1st, 1982, Sony lost, launched, yeah, excuse me, launches the first compact disc player that is available to consumers. Now, this is not like a Walkman or like a CD player that you would have and you would hold and, you know, put on your headphones to. Uh, but this is more like a stereo system that could play CDs, which I think is just, a, you know, a huge step forward from listening to like records or eight track tapes for sure. I agree. Um, CDs are so it's funny because they're such forgotten media now. Maybe forgotten is the wrong word, but now vinyls are coming back, even cassettes in like a kind of nostalgia way. Oh, yeah. I don't see CDs making a comeback, honestly. They're just, they're so fragile and they scratch up. And while the biggest advantage to CDs was their long um, playtime. Yeah. And as soon as we got digital media, that became irrelevant. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, still, I have tons of CDs. I'm a personal CD collector because, hey, Goodwill's cheap. You can get CDs for yeah. a buck there. So, sure. It's true. I, so yeah, I, so it's a huge, uh, huge change in the music industry. Um, so speaking of music industry, this song, "Physical" by Olivia Newton-John, um, was written by John Farrar and Steve Kipner, and you'll love this, JP. It was originally intended for Rod Stewart. I Three feel like we row, can't mentioned it. <laughs> we can't seem to get away from Rod Stewart. We, no like, matter how hard we try and say no, we don't like, we don't enjoy him. He's not for us, and we now can't seem to get rid of him. He's just <laughs> haunting this podcast. I guess so. Rod Stewart's going to be our guest on next week's episode of I mean that's the only next logical option <laughs> I mean I wouldn't say no I'm not gonna lie it's tr it's true so tell us <laughs> why um, <laughs> uh, so it's okay Rod Stewart um last song we talked about we thought was a bit raunchy right mm, yeah this song is very raunchy um it is Definitely a sex on the brain song. Um, and it's funny. I find this hilarious. And <laughs> out of all the lines in this song, and this just every every line is suggestive. That's the whole entire point of this song. This song lives and dies on how much you love your music to be sexy and suggestive, right? Right. Um, 
out of all the lines, the line, there's nothing left to talk about unless it's horizontally. Um, which, okay, fairly yeah. suggestive line. But that's sure. the one that South African Broadcasting Corporation insisted was too suggestive for their radio. <laughs> right? That was not, the one. Not, that was the line right there. Everything else was, that was, everything else did not shape just that line. Yeah, you know, I, it's hard to it's hard to say. I, I actually was going into this track planning really not to enjoy it. You know, you know, sometimes you got preconceived ideas of what a song is, and this was a song that I was thinking to myself, ah, I'm not gonna like it. I'm not gonna like it. But it's I feel like it's really been ingrained into pop culture for my entire life, and it's been something that I've definitely heard before. And I was planning not to enjoy it, but that all being said, I really did enjoy what I was hearing. You know, it, it is upbeat, it gets stuck in your head, and although, yes, I will agree with you, it was definitely suggestive, I feel like it wasn't nearly as suggestive as Rod Stewart uh, when we cover, when we talked about Tonight's Tonight Gonna Be Alright. I, I feel like this is more of... Uh, well, we were talking before how you were saying, you know, at, when I, we were kids, we thought this was all about, you know, exercise. And I think this song is almost ambiguous enough to fool some and at the same time not fool anybody. <laughs> um, you know, this, so you had mentioned that this song was originally for Rod Stewart. Yeah, uh, I, I was reading uh, some other stuff here as well. And I guess initially Olivia Newton-John didn't even want to take the song because she thought it was too cheeky, too tongue-in-cheek, too uh, a little too provocative. But I mean, she's probably glad she did take it overall because I mean it re revived her career, so to speak. For sure. Um. So here's how I think we're going to break this down. First, let's talk about the music for what it's worth. Then we'll hit up the lyrics. And then I feel like the music video is worth mentioning in this last. Sure. sure. Um, um, well, well, why don't you uh, go ahead and talk about the music a little bit? All right. Not much to it, honestly. I, I don't love this music. Um, the first thing I noticed, a guitar solo by, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Steve Lukather. Um, he's of Toto fame, so everyone knows Africa. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yes, the it's the internet's favorite song, I think. Um, I mean, it's up there. It's probably it's up one there. of the internet's favorite songs. Right up there with uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up." <laughs> right. Oh yes, I I forget that song exists sometimes, but oh, yes. Um, so n- nice little thirty second guitar solo. Woo! Uh, the rest of the music it's very eighties but not necessarily in a way I personally love. This feels like more like the vapid 80s. Like everyone talks about 80s music as big, bombastic, and forgettable, and kind of pointless. This Mm. feels like it hits that criteria for me. Um, This feels like a boring backdrop, so the song could be as provocative and titillate as many people as possible. Sure. Right? And that's just, the, the music doesn't matter. Um. So that's just, I, it's just meh. That's just kind of how I feel about the music. What about you, JP? Since you seem to like it, so. Well, yeah, you know, I I think the music itself, so the instrumentation and the arrangement are are not great. I will agree with you there. But 
I think what really saves this song and pulls it out of a low score for me is Olivia Newton-John's vocals. Uh, I think that her vocals are very pleasing to listen to. And, you know, if we kind of compare it to, uh, you know, last week's where we talked about Kim Carnes um, talking about how, you know, that was very grainy and very kind of rough. I mean, Olivia Newton-John's vocals here are smooth like butter. And it's just really fantastic to listen to. And I feel like that is something that really sticks in my mind over everything else. Um, and I think in addition to that, although the lyrics might be a little suggestive, which we'll get to in a moment, um, the beat, the rhythm, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, it just gets stuck in your head. And it's something that I I don't mind when it's stuck in my head, if that makes sense. So, uh that guitar solo, uh, Steve Kather, absolutely amazing. Toto fame, like we said. Uh, I felt like there was just a very solid beat, and it's something that I don't mind continuing on because there is a fair bit of variety, I feel like, to help the listener through. But I will say this. If that guitar solo was not there, I probably would not feel this way and the lyrics. And I don't think Olivia Newton-John's vocals would be enough to carry it solely on their own. I think the guitar solo absolutely needs to be in there. I personally don't find her vocals as... Now, granted, I am not... The only time I've heard Olivia Newton-John is the Grease soundtrack um, outside of this song. So I don't find her vocals particularly memorable, personally. Okay. Um, I like... uh, I, I like... Like, I actually really liked Kim Carnes' voice because it stood out to me. And I love that raspy, kind of worn voice. It always, you know, it hits me right. But mm-hmm. okay. either neither here nor there. Um, all right, the lyrics. And we knew, we knew going into the 70s, we were going to start kind of coming across more and more songs that got more and more provocative. Um, and I find these lyrics both simultaneously cheesy and cringy at the same time. I kind of yeah. wish this song was just straight cheese, because then I could enjoy it more. Like, I can enjoy a cheesy goofball, right? Like, that's totally fine. Um, so, on one hand, I'm very glad the song was not sung by Rod Stewart. As much as I love his voice, it just would have been ten <laughs> times creepier. It just, yeah. <laughs> no, it would not. Mm-mm. I'm so glad he did not take the song. <laughs> right. And I'm all for female empowerment. It's kind of cool to hear a song. Like, you can tell if you read the lyrics, this song was written for a guy. And to have it um, sang from a girl's perspective works very similar to the way Respect by Diana Ross. Right? That song was originally mm-hmm. written for a guy, but she took it and turned it into like a female anthem. And I feel like mm-hmm. I, I do like that dichotomy. And I feel like um, I'm all for female empowerment. I feel like that part does work good. On the other hand, um, I feel similar to this as I did to my Sharona uh, by the um, we did a few weeks ago. And Tonight. even tonight's the night. This song is once again, all lust, no relationship. Um, no indication for me. And <sighs> Call me an old man. Call me old-fashioned. I don't really care. Um, I'm of the opinion, you know, if you're going to be with someone, um, it 
for one, I believe it should be a lifelong commitment. But beyond that, I feel like they should be a person to you. They should be someone you care about. And from this song, the only thing I'm getting is this person's an object to be obtained. And I just want to mm. use them. And then I, who cares if I, if I do anything else with them? And um, I think even beyond my own personal beliefs, you know, the, the human, um, hum, we were not made to deal with just being used and then abandoned, especially on such an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Human emotions were not you made to just be used once and then thrown away. And so I feel like when you have this attitude, it can cause a lot of scars for both yourself and those around you. And yeah. that's why as much fun as they're trying to have with the lyrics, it just hits me all wrong. Sure. So that's my thoughts. So I, I completely understand where you're going from with that. Um, and, you know, the lyrics for me, they do really fall short, um, fall very, very short, I should say. Uh, you know, although listening to the song gets stuck in your head, it gets you grooving, uh, looking at the lyrics themselves, it lets me know that this song is extremely boring. Uh, so let's just, if we just take a look at the lyrics themselves, the word physical appears over 20 separate times and now i'm you know i'm all for having the name of your song in your song sure that's completely fine that's how songs get their names however when you have the same word one word repeated over 20 times in your songs most of the time in bursts of four it's just the same line over and over and over again with no variation and I think, uh, actually, to Call Me by Blondie, which we covered a couple weeks ago, about how that song had a lot of the same lyrics, but there was variety in the intent, the meaning of them. And the lyrics here are literally just the same. There's no underlying meaning other than the one that is clear and obvious. There's nothing to pick apart. The lyrics themselves are catchy and they get stuck in your head, but that doesn't make them good. Uh, it, per- it perhaps is the song itself that is stuck in my head. Like I was talking about the da na na, da na na, da da na na, da na na. It's not the lyrics that get stuck in your head; it's the rhythm. So yeah, I I didn't really enjoy these lyrics at all. Um, I really think it's the rhythm that gets stuck in our heads. It's not the lyrics themselves. Yeah, we were actually talking about before we started recording. You can replace this with um, any three-syllable word, and it works. Let's get Mario, Mario. Yeah. Let's get tropical. It doesn't really matter, you know. Just You're right. It's really that, that rhythm is the earworm. Um, right. However it plays out. Uh. So we also are in 1982. The um, we're officially like in full blown music video mode, where every song has a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the music video goes out of its way to be as suggestive as the lyrics are. I feel like, um, but even with that said, um, I I just kind of found it like probably the worst music video I've seen since we started this, mm-hmm. because all the fat shaming and like coming from a moderately sized guy myself um i don't appreciate that it just kind of feels mean-spirited honestly yeah 
And you know, I agree with you. I like um, looking at the video. It, it's it's clear the message that they were trying to send was of comedy. But when you are, you know, may, when you don't look like the the men in the hat, the latter half of the video, you know, very chiseled, toned, and like bodybuilder types, then you look more like the people that are, I would say, more average than anything else. Um, it makes you think, you know, I wouldn't want to go to the gym because I'd be afraid that someone would come up and start singing this song to me and not mean it as a good thing. I mean, it is very much uh, a negative. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't like this video. I think it's uh, it's using another person's struggles as comedy. And it's it's just not something I appreciate. You know, it's it doesn't feel funny. It feels offensive and hurtful. Honestly, it just reminds me of those old 80 films where we got the whole entire classic uh jocks making fun of the nerds right um it yeah. feels like that in video format yeah um, i agree i agree and you know this this song as a whole it screams 80s it screams the 80s the suggestive lyrics the controversial music video the guitar solo it is quintessential 80s and that's fine but that might be its place I don't feel like this song holds up in its current form because when people hear it, all they can think of is that time period, the 80s. So while I do enjoy the track overall, I can see its many flaws quite clearly. So that leads me to my scoring here. So my music, I had to give a 2.5. I really enjoy Olivia Newton-John's vocals. I love that guitar solo. I think it's fantastic. And it's got the rhythm that's going to get stuck in my head for days. Uh, the lyrics had to give a half a point. The lyrics are words that are said. Yes, they convey a message. And yes, that message is supposed to be controversial. So it does its job. Yeah. But they're not good lyrics. They're not great. They're not, rem they're not memorable. They're just three-syllable words said over and over and over again. And then overall, I gave it a one out of three because this song, like I had said, clearly has its place. It cannot be taken out of the context of the 80s and brought into modern day. And I think that is exactly where it needs to stay. So I have a total of four out of nine. Okay. Um, so... I guess I'll start with the lyrics. I just, I don't like these lyrics. Um, this is my old man coming out in me, but I just don't care for them. I don't even find them creative. Like we talked about before, um, you can have sensual songs that are at least creative about it and makes me believe that you care about that person. Um, these lyrics just aren't anywhere near that for me. Um, they have all the intelligence of a... 13-year-old boy, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, that's fair. And then the music, I give a one. It's meh. Like, it's it's catchy, but, you know, your least favorite song, Sugar Sugar, is also very earwormy. So, True. Um, you know, I just, it was meh. And uh, overall, I give it a 0 0.5. This song, Screams 80s, does not hold up anywhere near um, 
modern years, I feel like. So mm-hmm. overall, I give this a 1.5 out of 9. That's a pretty low score. That might be one of your lowest scores that you've ever given. Possibly. I am. And I feel bad because I went into the song. No, like I was I saw this when we first started this project and I'm like, oh, I'm dreading this song. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, I knew of it. I listened. I'd heard it in passing once or twice. And I just yeah, it did. I was hoping maybe to be swayed. Maybe it'd be more subtle than I thought. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> no, not not at all. Nope. <laughs> not at all. Um. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you disagree with me, I'm totally cool with that. In fact, I encourage it. Please let us know. But as always, my name is Samuel. And I'm JP. And this has been our conversation about the 1982 top hit single, Physical, by Olivia Newton-John. This has been a Brothers King Media production. Mm-hmm.